Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Shredding the Gnar. On this episode I speak to Rishana Gray from Felt and Sea. Rishana is a long-time forager. Rishana is a born and bred Cape Townian. Many years ago she started going down to her local beach after having met a Japanese traveler who said to her, why does nobody eat these vegetables from the sea? This sparked her interest and she decided she was going to start eating, cooking and creating wonderful cuisine. So let's jump into this episode of Shredding the Gnar with Rishana Gray from Felt and Sea. Calm energy space. I almost feel like I want to whisper when I'm in here. You know? It's like this, some, some sort of a Zen library. It's amazing to be here with Rishana Gray, Felton Sear. We're in the deep, deep south, right near Cape Point Nature Reserve. Um, we nestled in nature. It doesn't get any more natural than this. A beautiful small holding where yourself and your family live. Lovely to be able to come and chat to you. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah. And Rishana has been what we call, for want of a better word, foraging and creating wonderful food from its source, nature, um, everything ethically and organically sourced uh, locally from the beaches and the ocean here. Um, and even here on the farm, everything is homegrown. <laughs> so tell us, Felton Sea, how long has it been going? Sure, Felton Sea. Um, Felton Sea is well, for the Afrikaans mensen. Exactly. Ek is twee <laughs> Something for everyone. Something for everyone. And then for us English folk, it's Veldensi. Yeah, I started teaching about uh, wild food in 2013. Okay. After having lived it yes. for quite a while. Um, very much a, a part of mine and my family's lifestyle. Um, and then I guess it was a hobby that got out of control in a wildly delicious way yes. um, and Fulton Sea officially started in 2017. Fantastic and that meant hey let me pass on my knowledge let me I think at a time when you know there was a lot of focus on you know um, eating healthier and eating there's a lot of the, the vegan movement not that Rashan is necessarily vegan but there was, a, there was a focus at that time, hey, on eating yeah, on healthier was, foods. To be honest, it was, it was difficult okay. at the beginning. Um, what, what, what was your biggest challenge? Uh, my biggest challenge was not a lot of people understood what I was doing. Why are you eating those weeds, <laughs> whether it was from the land or the sea? Um, but it's lovely to see that the questions have changed now from why to what and how. So awesome. it's more like, what seaweeds can I be eating? How can I prepare them? And so there's this, it's beautiful to see, to see this shift and change. Um, and yeah, this movement towards living um, in nature, in harmony with nature, and really wanting to know where your food comes from and the source it's from. And you've been a part of that change. I think you've you've been a part of that, um, as you say, that shift in paradigm, essentially, on P 
people's perception of because I mean prior to prior to you I'd never thought of going down to the ocean and snacking on whatever what I could find between the rocks you know the only thing we were interested in were the things we'd been taught about which was generally crayfish or or prawns or you know mussels off the rocks yeah. and then we'd leave all the good stuff basically is what you're saying <laughs> Okay, so 2016, 17, you really started to introduce these workshops to people, yeah. teaching them what to forage, how to forage, where to forage. Yes. Um, and from there, it's, it's just evolved. It has, yeah. Tell us how. Um, yeah, so in the beginning, it was very, very part-time. Mm -hmm. um, we just do a couple of workshops a month. And now it is a full-time job, which is beautiful. Um, not that I can really call this work no. when you love something so much and you're so passionate about it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we offer um, public workshops and experiences as well as um, private experiences. Um, a lot of tour groups come through here. Amazing. Um, yeah. So you're on the right route. I mean, all that's the... That's true. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's right time and right place, hey? Um, heading through to Cape Point, which is just a stone's throw away from us, yeah. So in terms of like the, um, the logistics and, you know, how would you go about hosting a group? How big are the groups, firstly, that you host at the moment? Um, for our public groups, they're yes. about, they're on average about 25 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, we don't want to have them too big because it's, then it's not sustainable to have everybody in the rock pools yes. or on the mountains. Um, and private groups, we host anything from one person mm -hmm. up to 120 people amazing. here at yeah. the Fulton Sea headquarters. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's quite a big group if if you wanted to do private function, huh? Yeah. Okay, so you you've got both felt and sea. So the felt, you go up into the mountain and you forage and you pick what? Hmm. Well, there's a season for it as well. Okay. So that only happens in winter time. That's mm -hmm. when in Cape Town anyway, we have our uh, rainfall time. Okay. And that's when the flavor um, is all over the land. Right now in summertime, if you go up into the mountainside, it's very dry, very dusty. There's no flavor. Um, so in winter time, we will look at things like um, aromatic fanbos okay. that's edible, um, edible weeds, um, indigenous veg, yeah, all kinds of interesting That's so cool, things. Hey? Yeah. And that's just through years and years of experience that you've acquired living here, getting to know your little piece of heaven, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's cool. And also encouraging planting of these indigenous plant species into our own gardens, because okay. that's the most sustainable way of, of using them. I.e. speckworm. Ah! Well done. Full of vitamin C. I've got speckworm in my plant garden. Nice. Yeah. Nice to snack. I let my kids snack on it. Yeah. It's like eating one of those sour sweets. You know? Yes. It's really nice. Okay. And then the, the seaside, obviously self-explanatory. We head down to the ocean and everyone heads out onto the rocks. Yes. So it's a really interactive and embodied experience. I find that that's one of the best ways to learn something mm -hmm. is to go into a place that feels nurturing and sparks your curiosity um, and to play. Yeah. Um, and in that way, anything is possible. Mm. It's fun to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's even more fun if you can eat your lesson. Yes. No homework. <laughs> no homework, just eat it. <laughs> just eat your homework. <laughs>
We'll send you the notes all day. Yeah, the, hop <laughs> the homework is in your head and uh, in a PDF. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So all the links will be down below. If you want to find out what uh, Felton C is all about, then check it out in the links below. And if you ever come to Cape Town and you want to taste a bit of I like proper nature. This is this is where you're going to sign up. Okay, and so how, from a conservation perspective, how obviously it's very low impact, but how do you feel your contribution to what you're doing here, you know, if any, is is having from that perspective? Well, I'd like to think it's a a shift in perspective mm -hmm. and creating awareness of how valuable and special our natural environment is mm -hmm. um, and what we teach here at Fulton Sea is obviously foraging and what you can eat but it's also about understanding how the oceans work with the coastal foraging for instance yeah. how delicate the ecosystem is okay. the more you learn about something the more your your sense of respect um, and value for it grows and you want to then protect it mm -hmm. so yeah, that's that's what we hope. We, that's what we're hoping for. Education, yes. essentially. Yeah. yeah, and I think anyone that comes here that hasn't snacked on a piece of kelp whilst walking on the rocks is going to get educated in some way or other. We're going to be we're going to be cooking some kelp lasagna, and apparently it's one of the easiest things to do. Really, it is. Hey, from did a you, did like, you know kelp? You can you can eat it as a pasta substitute. No. There you go. You're going to taste it now. There's one little nugget from Roshana. She's not going to give away any of her other secrets because you've got to come and experience it for yourself. Yeah. So I think that's important. Um, urchins. I mean, can we eat our urchins? Because, I, you know, I, as a fan of, of cuisine and watching all these cooking shows around the world, there's, I mean, there's the delicacy of the urchin. And we see so many urchins. Also, as a surfer, getting, when I go to St. Francis and stand on them and sit, picking them out of my foot um, I'd like to get one over on them and, and eat them so I've also been told that not all of our urchins are edible yeah yeah not all of our urchins are edible we have about 56 different species of sea urchins in South Africa right which is quite amazing the most accessible ones are the ones which you probably stood on <laughs> the, the very dark black ones well here in Cape Town we get the they're called little Cape sea urchins and they live in the intertidal zone okay um and if you see a lot of them, an overabundance shows an imbalance in the ecosystem, which is quite interesting. Um, and I'm not sure if you've heard about the, the purple sea urchins in the Californian coastline and how it's decimated the kelp forests there. No. It's quite amazing. Wow. But so how do they have, how do the, you know, we're digging into something here, but like how, <clears throat> how do the urchins impact the kelp? They, they'll eat them. They eat kelp? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, good. So they eat the kelp, okay. And so are you saying the ones that we see in our rock pools, these little pink ones, they're edible? Yes. Okay. They come in all different colors, the little cape sea urchins. Yeah. Purple and orange. Um, and on your, if you have a mollusk license, which is a good point to bring up. Yes, one would have to have a license before it touches any of our coastal yeah. life. Which is really easy to get, actually. Post office. Just go to any post office. Yeah. 96 rand tick box number nine and yeah there's a whole lot of things that you're allowed on that on that license including mussels and sea urchins and seaweeds Fantastic. yeah 
But, and so which are the ones that we can't eat? Like the most common looking ones? Some of them have uh, poisonous spines. Right. And those are the ones you shouldn't be handling. Okay, so how would we know that? You'll have to do some research. Okay. The, a really good book to get is The Two Oceans. Yeah. Um, it is a wonderful guide on all marine life around the whole of South Africa. Okay. And yeah, it's a, it's a great two, one to the have. The Two Oceans? Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. It's that book over there. Only for sale at Felton Sia for 99 Rand 50. Written by, <laughs> written by Roshana Gray and her husband, Tom. So were you always, I mean, were you always Roshana Gray, nature lady, connected to nature in such a way that, you, you know, you are who you are today? Is that your background from a, from a family influence? Not really, actually. Okay. Um, I have a, more of a food background. Okay. And it wasn't until I moved out here to the deep south of Cape Point um, where I really was privileged enough to be able to slow down enough to learn about the flavors from the land and to be able to return back to the same spaces over and over again throughout yeah. the seasons and to really understand the flavors, whether it was from the ocean or from the mountains or from the forests. Um, so you're actually from Pretoria? <laughs> Born and bred in Cape Town, <laughs> but in the suburbs. So. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. were on, in the burbs. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yes. Yeah. yes. I was hoping you'd say you were born in Brackpan <laughs> or something, because that would really push the envelope. <laughs> Anything else, Georgie? You seem to have quite a few little nuggets there. But in, in terms of um, my family doing it, yeah. um, yeah, definitely. On, on both sides of my family, there's fishermen and um, avid ocean folk. Watermen. Watermen water and waterwomen. Um, yeah, and yeah, so that was very much, it's, that's very much in my blood. Um, collecting mushrooms, I learned from my family as okay. well. Collecting um, mussels and things like that. But it wasn't until... I moved here that I learned about um, the edible plants locally and it wasn't until a Japanese cyclist who was traveling around the world landed, yeah, yeah, his name is Hiromo Jimbo okay. and he was traveling all around the world, he zigzagged his way down Africa and he ended up staying here um, uh, on this property for about three months and he would supplement his camping food diet with seaweeds from the local beach. Oh, wow. And so me being a curious foodie, I wanted to know everything that he was doing. Yes. And so I went down with him to the rock pools and he, we looked over the intertidal zone on a spring tide when that magical slice of intertidal zone is exposed. Mm -hmm. And he said, why is nobody eating these sea vegetables? And yeah, that was it. That was it. I had to know more, and so that was how my journey into seaweeds really started. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, incredible how something like that could happen. Thank you. Arigato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to chat about? I mean, we've told everyone where to go to find, to join up. It's, uh, where else can they book besides your website? Um, or where can they find more information? 
Is Instagram. It? Yes, Instagram. Well, this is going on Instagram, Instagram, so it's going to go on Instagram and follow Felton Sia on Instagram. Yeah. Everything. Um, in the link in the Felton Sia's bio. Links in the bio if you want to book and all the upcoming events. And it's not only foraging. Okay. We also do um, talks okay. and workshops with outside teachers. Um, and the subjects are very much um, ar around sustainability and food and nature, okay, cool. ecology. Amazing. Um, and we also have pop-up dinners with visiting chefs that we collaborate with okay. um, and our own chefs here that we have yeah, seasonal, se seasonal inspired pop-up dinners. Do you ever have any of, um, on that note, from a you know, cuisine point of view, do you ever have any like top chefs from wherever, like approach you and say, how would I? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you have any examples of any? <laughs> um, well, we've had, I've, I've given wild flavor consultations to many restaurants okay. and uh, also the drinks industry here. Yes. Worked with a lot of um, alcohol brands and. I'm sure, especially gin. And exactly. botanicals. Yes. Um, and we've also had a lot of kitchen teams coming here to do team builds. Oh, wow. So that's been really fun for us, having mm. like some of the top uh, restaurants coming here to cook, basically for us. That's nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a treat. It's, and it's such a joy to see how chefs that are top of their field and top of their game and how they use these flavors and how they use these ingredients. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's lovely. Is there anything visible? Um, like, would you, would you look at a bunch of kelp and go, oh, it's, this isn't the right color or it's yeah, reacting differently to... No, well, when it comes to pollutants, yes. there's not actually anything besides smell. If, it, if the ocean stinks, obviously stinks. don't go in it. Yes. <laughs> don't right. eat from it. No. But in terms of a buildup of, of pollutants, yeah. The way that seaweeds work is they have a non-vascular, I'm going to get a bit dorky here. That's fine. They have a non-vascular system where they don't, their roots or their holdfast is just a little anchor that anchors themselves to the ocean bed or to a rock. Yep. They don't get any nutrients from it. They don't feed, yeah. But they will absorb everything that's in the ocean around them. So if there's pollutants or heavy metals or anything in the ocean, there will be presence in the, in the seaweed. Gotcha. And it's not something that you can pick up by taste or smell or wow. sight. It's just a bioaccumulation that happens in your body. Sure. Yeah, so it's just very important to be aware of the ocean conditions before you're collecting. Gotcha. So definitely don't go coastal foraging in places like Seapoint or mm. Musenberg or Camps Bay. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Sure. And how, how deep will you dive when you do a free dive? We're talking sort of 10 meters? It all depends, it all depends on um, the participants' um, abilities. Abilities, yeah. But a lot of the ingredients are they're quite shallow. So, okay. yeah, five meters. Okay. You, can, you can snorkel them out if you want. That's cool. <laughs> it, it, to, to a lot of people watching and to a lot of the audience, this is probably going to sound like, wow, it's, this, this is opening my eyes because I don't go to the supermarket and, and go to the fresh produce and buy a bunch of kelp or buy a bunch of you know, fresh herbs from, from the mountain, wild herbs. Um, so 
for a lot of people, it's going to be like, wow, this is quite new and cool. But in actual fact, it's a big circle because mankind has been foraging and, and eating from the earth in, in a sustainable way yes. for thousands of years. Yeah. And you just, you, you're just breaking the norms of, of what we know as, as a Western tradition. Right? Yeah. Reintroducing forgotten foods. Yeah. And it was definitely once a part of all of our, all of our diets, mm. but... Sometimes the knowledge gets lost along the way, so it's yeah, it's important to to bring it back, but with sustainability in mind because we are we now live in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got to change the way in which we, and, and there is a focus towards that, like eating more organic, and mm. but this is taking it to the next step. Yeah. And actually, you know, a lot of people say that like to be healthy these days is actually quite expensive. Yes. To eat organic yeah. to buy the you know ethically um, farmed or whatever produce it's more expensive but your way of living is actually you're going out yourself mm. your only expense is time that's it yeah but nature gives to you freely exactly. if you know where to look and you're willing to experience and explore new flavors because yeah. i suppose that also comes with it right definitely it's exciting yeah. for anybody who's a foodie or is really into cooking these interesting new flavors or old flavors yes. are a joy to work with in the kitchen. And yeah. anybody who is an avid cook knows that the shorter the distance from your source of food to your plate, the better it tastes. Umami. <laughs> <laughs> you want to use every single bit that you've used, that, that you've picked, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, awesome. it's exciting. And I mean, a lot of people who come on our experiences and our workshops, they might not all of a sudden become avid foragers and, and go foraging for their, their food every day afterwards, yes, yeah. but they will never walk in those rock pools in the same way again. That's a cool thing. Mm. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll look at things through new eyes, yes. essentially. Yeah. That's rad. Every reason to come on Roshan and Grace, <laughs> sign up now. And what a, what a cool <laughs> excuse to go surfing for your supper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honey, grab a surf, but make sure you pick up some kelp <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Just not the ones floating out at backline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be that one seaweed That's that it. you can't eat. Out of the however many hundred? Nine hundred. Nine hundred different species of, of of kelp and seaweed in our oceans in southern Africa. But only one that you shouldn't eat. If you want to know which one it is, come on a coastal forage. <laughs> Or Google it. <laughs> it's called acid weed. Acid weed. Don't Google image search yes. acid weed Cape Town. It's got nothing to do with coastal <laughs> raves either. So it's just got very high sulfuric acid. Yeah. Which will burn the living daylights out of your <laughs> tract. <laughs> Not for eating. No. Yeah. And also, if you go to the toilet next day, I dare say it's going to be a painful experience. Rashan, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for hosting us and for giving us a short little sort of concise insight into your way of life and the cool things that you're doing. Pleasure. Wavescape appreciates you and um, support Roshana and Felt and See and Sia. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Shred.